Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, April 7th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. It's opening day at Bush Stadium, and the Cardinals are marking a new year by honoring a legendary team from 40 years ago. The 1982 cards bring back great memories for many baseball fans. I just remember running outside with my cousin. We were just yelling and screaming because we knew we were going to go to the World Series. I just knew it was going to happen. We'll report on how the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum is remembering the 1982 World Champions in just a few minutes. The Missouri House has passed a bill with multiple anti-abortion measures. However, as St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, one of the more controversial amendments is not part of the legislation. The underlying House bill that members passed on a 91-37 to vote makes donating fetal tissue from abortions a felony. But a week earlier, during first-round approval, members added multiple anti-abortion amendments to the bill, including one allowing family members to file a wrongful death suit in the instance of a baby, quote, born alive after an abortion attempt dies. However, one amendment that did not make the cut was a proposal that criminalized the act of helping someone get an abortion. The bill still gained criticism from Democrats, including Representative Barbara Pfeiffer of St. Louis. A fetus is not important, more important than a woman who is already alive. And if I have to make a choice, I will always decide for women. The bill now goes to the Missouri Senate. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. An Illinois nonprofit that pays travel and lodging expenses for people seeking abortions is seeing a dramatic increase in requests for aid. The Midwest Access Coalition says many people come to Illinois from states with strict abortion laws. Executive Director Diana Parker Kafka tells St. Louis on the Air, so many Texans are coming to Midwest abortion clinics that others have to go elsewhere. We are starting to see this shift where people in states with abortion care have to go to another state even because all of the appointments at, say, the clinic in Kansas are full. Parker Kufka says abortion laws in Texas will affect at least 20 other states. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page is contending that Missouri's largest county is moving on from the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from Page's first-ever State of the County address. COVID-19 dominated most of Page's time as county executive. He supported masking requirements and other restrictions that weren't always popular among some residents. But during his address at the University of Missouri-St. Louis's campus, Page said that the pandemic provided an opportunity for officials to rethink how government can serve the people. Challenges come at us that we don't often expect. COVID hit us fast and hard and didn't want to let up. Challenges will always be a part of us. It's how we respond to those challenges, however, that chart our course. Page is up for election for a full four-year term later this year. He'll face attorney Jane Duker in the Democratic primary. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Page also says he will follow a new charter amendment involving his outside work as an anesthesiologist. County voters overwhelmingly approved a proposition this week that would force Page to forfeit his office if he does not stop working on his outside job on some nights and weekends. The charter already required the county executive to be full-time but had no enforcement mechanism for a violation. 
Page spokesman Doug Moore says the executive will, quote, abide by the charter as amended by the voters on Tuesday. Outside groups advocated for school board candidates that aligned with their views in the run-up to this week's municipal elections. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, that did not lead to a trend of conservative or progressive board members. In the lead-up to this year's school board elections, groups like the conservative No Left Turn in Education and the left-leaning Missouri Equity Education Partnership created school board candidate guides. But in unofficial results, neither group saw a decisive wave of school board victories. Of the candidates they endorsed across the St. Louis region, about half of the conservative group's candidates and about half of the progressive group's candidates won. In candidate forums and on social media, some races were divided by issues like how race and equity are talked about in schools. In St. Louis County, just over 19 percent of voters participated in the election. That was slightly higher than it has been in the last few years. I'm Kate Grumke. St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Cardinals are opening a new season today while remembering one of their greatest years ever. It's the 40th anniversary of the 1982 World Championship team. The Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum is launching an exhibit featuring the insights of manager Whitey Herzog and something from every player in 82. We spoke with the museum's manager and curator, Amy Barra, the lifelong Cardinals fan, put together that exhibit. It was a labor of love. 11-year-old me stepped up and said, I want to do this. After we opened the 10th anniversary 2011 exhibit, someone said, hey, are you going to do something on 82? It's the 40th anniversary. And the museum team, we all kind of looked at each other and said, oh, well, of course we are. Why wouldn't we? And so I spent the summer just thinking about what I wanted it to look like, what approach I wanted to take, and started thinking about our Hall of Fame induction, which was later in the summer. And as that was happening, Keith Hernandez, Tom Herr, and even John Tudor, as they were giving their speeches, they started giving such honest and heartfelt comments about Whitey that it was like a light bulb just went off on my head. And I just knew that was the direction that I wanted to take with this exhibit, was to be more about the relationship between Whitey and the guys. So through that process, what did you end up learning about Whitey Herzog? He has one of the greatest baseball minds. You can ask him a question about anybody, even current day players, and he will tell you exactly what he thinks about them whether it is good or bad. When we sat down with him in December, we had the roster. So I had the full 82 roster. I wanted to treat each guy the same as the other. I mean, we know how fantastic Ozzie Smith is, Bruce Suter. Both of those guys are just legends. But in this instance, I wanted to make sure that all of the guys were equal. A few of them really appreciated hearing that because they knew that while their contributions weren't as much as some, the fact that I'm, that I'm giving them recognition for that really meant a lot to them. Did you get a sense this team from 82 holds a special place in the hearts of Cardinals fans? Absolutely. And I grew up watching Whitey Ball. It seemed like such a fun era of baseball. It's speed. It's about the bullpen. It's about just moving the runner on the bases, just getting him home. 
It's not about home runs. It's not about who has huge contracts. It was about the team and Whitey under his leadership. Every single one of them that I talked to said he was the best manager they ever had. Do you have a favorite memory of that year or a favorite game, something that really sticks out in your mind? We were visiting my grandma who lived down in the boot heel, and Bruce Suter was amazing as usual, and we won. And I just remember running outside with my cousin. We were just yelling and screaming because we knew we were going to go to the World Series. I just knew it was going to happen, and we were just so excited. I'm an 11-year-old girl. Who knows what I was really thinking, but um, it just was so exciting. Even down there, we still felt the importance of what this team meant to baseball in St. Louis. What do you hope fans take away from this exhibit? People who weren't here for that 82, I want them to feel like they were there, that they understand what this meant to the city. That was Cardinals Hall of Fame and museum manager Amy Barra. The Cards face Pittsburgh this afternoon at Bush Stadium. The team says it's on track to sell more than 3 million tickets this season. But Vice President of Ticket Sales Joe Strom says there are still a lot of unknowns about the long-term impact of COVID-19 on the team's operations. I think we're no different than any other business. I think a lot of all businesses are saying that right now. It's still too early to tell um, what the effect of the pandemic is to each and every business. A report from Greater St. Louis, Inc., Explore St. Louis, and the Downtown Engagement Public Safety Initiative estimates the Cardinals have an economic impact of more than $300 million. A big thanks to our Jonathan All for his help on the reports about the Cardinals today. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.